This is President Sullivan, and I appreciate being a part of the Back Pocket Podcast. Today is June 26th. The boys from the Back Pocket are back again. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. How are we doing, Deck? Oh, we are excellent. Um, one thing I do need to mention is, you know, we always kick off with our average quality, and I'm kind of jumping the gun on this because I'm so freaking excited, mm-hmm. is um, our average quality has been that we haven't had our first string producer, Steve, as our producer since, God, I can't even remember how long ago it's been so long. Let's go yeah. ahead and say podcast three, maybe. Yeah, because he wasn't here for for the President Sullivan podcast, so yeah. I think it was yeah, podcast three or podcast four. Yeah, our marketing interns, you can fact check us on that, but I think it's been since podcast three. Um, so our average quality is we just say we have producers, but we just roll through our friends and gives them different string producers, which is nice, but mm. you know what? Our original producer, Steve-O, is back. So welcome, Steve. Yeah! Yeah! Okay, we'll have to cut that. That's a little loud, Steve. You haven't been here in a while. This thing picks up a lot. So, um, you know, Steve. Steve's looking good. If uh, you got this, this bad podcasting, but Steve's looking actually great. Check mm, that. Yep. Um, Steve's got a new haircut. So that's great. You're looking awesome. Yeah, looking sharp. Little fade up the, at the top. It's not what I asked for, but Sports Clips decides to do whatever they want. So yeah, that's another thing. Like when. How I can describe us as average when you're not from the town that you're currently in and you can't find a local barber, you have to resort to great clips and uh, sports clips. You're guaranteed to get an average haircut. It's, it's overpriced and they really just don't have any passion or love for your hair. And like for me personally, my hairline's receding significantly every day. Um, well, no, it's not. No, it's not. Cool. There you go. Yeah, thank you. So it's Calm. not receding. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> So I have to get like a really particular haircut, so I, you know my friends don't can't pick on me all the time. Um, and sports clips never gets it done, so I just wait till I go home. Yeah, I think Steve exactly just went to sports clips and exactly how I feel. Yeah, there's just no personality, there's no organicness, and there's no just connection that I have. And the thing is, is that they, I've been there before, and I've gotten a, one good one out of the like four times that I've been there. And the person that I just recently got to. They, like, say, okay, so you got this the last time. Like, want to do that again? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Just completely did her own own kind of spin off of it and just not happy with it. And I gave her a $4 tip still because it's like, what are you going to do when they start cutting something that you're like, okay, I wanted that. You're screwed. Grown, are you just going to stamp? Has anyone, let me know, let us know. Has anyone ever just stood up and yelled at their, their barber or hairstylist and just, like, given them the business and saying no? Don't cut that, or, hey, you're doing it wrong. Because I, I feel like it'd just no, be rude. You can't do that. Yeah, no, you, you can't do it's, that, right? It's, uh, it's haircut etiquette, 100%, to mm-hmm. A, tip him, her, him or her, and probably just not complain about it, and then once you get out of there, um, you either cry, um, take Watch a selfie, right. and look how freaking weird you look. Like, mm-hmm. for me, when I get a haircut, and it's, like, too short, I look like a damn pinhead, because my hair, my, I'm... Um, my head is slightly rectangular. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say most girls, um, if they get their hair cut too short, would cry. That's definitely a go-to. Yeah. Um, For us, it, I mean, it's like a temporary tattoo. You know, you get pissed because, like, they did it. They messed it up in the moment, but it's going to grow back in a couple weeks. Yeah. But, but those, I also hate the people that say, like, oh, don't worry. It'll like, grow you, it'll grow back. It's like, no, dude. Like, I have to look at myself in the mirror <laughs> every day for the next month or so. Yeah. And I just paid just 15, 15 exactly. plus dollars. 
Yeah. When I could have gone to my barber at home for eight, who's just the the man. Shout out Leo. Like Leo's my boy. He cuts me up so well. I love that barber shop. Gosh. Well, I, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, yeah. Shout out I'm my sorry, house in, in in Brookfield, Wisconsin. You guys just know what you're doing there, and I appreciate what you're doing. And and I wish you guys would come up and expand into the Twin Cities. Okay. Now and that was our newest segment, plugging our barbers. So. Absolutely. Good stuff. Uh, moving on to our next segment, speaking of segments, um, you know, Steve, um, we're glad to have you back again. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Um, we have, as a, as a welcome back present, the guys from the back pocket have given you a segment as a present. Nice. Um, we are going to call it Simply Stevo, and this is a basically a platform for you to discuss anything that you really want. Yeah, anything and everything. You can you you have the floor and uh, express your thoughts, maybe something you're irritated, something that you're exuberant about, whatever you want to talk about. The floor is yours. The segment is called Simply Stevo. Simply Stevo. So here we go. Simply Stevo. Appreciate it. So, now that we got the haircut thing out of the way, mm-hmm. I would yeah. love to dive into we, the ice has been broken. The ice has been shattered oh, and melted. Shattered. It's about to be melted. Melted. Ooh. Because Something that I'm passionate about and has is always on my mind day and night because, listen, I use it. I use social media a lot because it's a news source and it's just been taken advantage of. Okay. How so? It has become a cancer Ooh. to this generation with likes and, and followers and just all this stuff that you see. When I go on my Explore page... The world is just being demonized by by the body. Whether I'm ladies, I'm talking about you a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, We've only had one girl on this podcast, so... I had three. Three? Dr. Pritchard, President Sullivan, and Mallory. We'll cut that. <laughs> we'll cut that. But, Sorry. I mean, in fact, the matter is, like, girls, you have so much more to offer than, than just your body and, and the the beautiful curves that your body presents and it just a lot of them a lot of girls on social media are are abusing that and not treating it like the treasure that it is in the t- return of likes okay okay so you're more you're definitely the guy who um kind of goes straight to the dad like when a girl posts kind of like a raunchy instagram you say like well what if her dad saw that or like how her dad feel about exactly. that and, you know i think um, if my if my daughter posted something like that you know okay and not to mention like all these girls are on father's day posting all these Ooh. like that things i'm curious does he see the other pics you put po- are pictures that you're posting i mean well and being 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 confident in your body like that's that's one thing but like there's a, you can tell i mean there's a but difference. it's a it's a small source of income some of them are doing modeling. What's your thoughts yeah. on them that are getting paid? They have that little tag, public figure. And, public figure? And they're okay, getting paid a little bit. Gross. Oh. The public figure Ooh. tag's gross. But if you're, getting, if you're getting paid to do it, if, like, if you're getting paid to be a model... Keep doing it, right? Hey, I mean, the, that's this world. You, you don't have to... So well, what's the difference between getting, paid, getting and, paid and, like, for the swimsuit they're wearing or the t-shirt, shorts, whatever, the outfit... Um, versus just posting it because you're confident about the way you look. Yeah, and I'd also like to make note, um, use the Explore page, which not a lot of people probably use, and also the people on the ex- on the people on the Explore page are probably people that get paid. 
Roughly. I like where my head's at. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good thought. I mean, definitely. Um, my ex- I use the Explore page a lot because, again, news source like sports sports teams, I see a lot of breaking news with the sports teams. I don't want to follow every single Oh, that's a good point. Um, every single team. Um, but, and, and there sounds like, if someone's confident about your body, and you can tell it's just like a picture that they're just confident about their body, like, that's like, that's cool for them. But mm-hmm. again, Well, we like, actually alluded to this, to, sorry to interrupt, on. but we already, inter- we we did a uh, Let's Talk Business on Bailey Cook and Adam, and their whole thing is not, they're not getting paid or anything, but uh, they're just confident about their bodies and stuff like that. And each which, other. And, yeah. What and do you I, think about that? Well, you kind of already gave your opinions on yeah, that. Yeah, that's like that's completely fine. Like, that's completely okay. cool. If you're really like posting pictures like that, if you that's what you enjoy. But like, <clears throat> that's the other thing is like when when you know a girl posts a picture fishing for likes. That's and and again when they're not you're not getting paid for it, then what what else are you doing it for? Just um, a quick clarifying question um, for our listeners and for myself: um, What? How would you describe fishing for likes? Is it that cheesy caption that goes along with the picture, or is it just like you can just look at the picture and you know that wow, they're like, come on, like really? Or is it the one where they're on the edge of the dock or the boat and they're it's the picture of them looking out and it's like their butts kind of hanging off the edge and they're yeah. like kind of looking to the side? Is that also what you're talking about? Okay, okay, well, okay, I'm gonna. But that's your, pretty your close. Because yeah. I remember this was blatant, like the first time that we we started talking about this. That one time where that a girl was like had someone like uh, like an under angle of her butt. She was turned around, sort like, of butt, out of the pool or something. And then she was getting out of the pool, and and her comment was like me looking at like finals coming up, and like just like like no, you're not. You know, like this that is not the point <laughs> of this post. Yeah. <laughs> to to see see your facial expression. <laughs> okay, like. So that's, like, one example. Um, Do you think she meant it, like, in any satirical way? Or was it 100% serious? Uh, just, just to, <laughs> that's a good question. Okay. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on. The next thing was... Uh, you can just look at the picture and you know that, like, this is totally fishing for likes. Like, the caption doesn't give it away, but you kind of just see the image and, like, what she's doing. Oh, oh, the, there's one part, too, like, when when a girl is, like, just an average girl that, you know, may have a few thousand followers that, again, you don't know these followers. Like, there's some creepy dudes that will follow you and, like, just random-ass people that are following you just to literally, like, look at your body. You're giving them just something free to look like, and they're enjoying that. And they're giving you a like in return, and it's kind of like it's kind of creepy if you think of it. But uh, one one position that girls are constantly alluding to in this like hoping to be a model thing is like when they're bent over, arched back, and like pulling their uh, their their swimsuit like sides a v. up. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like so it's like it's just a little a deep V from their yeah. Chest they're like down their ball they're like, Ooh, good they're stuff. Like separate the sides of their swimsuit like. Up to their kind of ribs and just showing, you know, it's just obviously like you're doing something a little extra. Yeah, and absolutely. and hey, maybe you like pride yourself on being extra, but like, really sure, the, you're posting that for the world to see. I mean, it's it's tough. It's a little much. Um, I'll say, I'll tell you what though, uh, we're definitely not extra as a podcast. No, we're average. We are, we are wildly yeah. average. We're, we're, not average. average. Yeah, we're not. We yeah. maintain that average quality. Sometimes we're above average. Sometimes we're below average. But let's realize that we always bring it back together and maintain an even average keel 
quality. Yeah, and ebbs and flows. I and mean, that's total. That's strikes and gutters. But yo, that's strikes and gutters. Mm-hmm. Great point. Um, I will say though, I mean, trap spares. So trapping the puck a little bit, Steve. I think we might have to promote you to social media um, expert producer, outsider, uh, social media outsider. Mm-hmm. Nate, very very active. I yes. like what you're doing. Um, so thank you. Uh, also trapping the puck here. What? Alluding back to what you were saying about uh, being, you know, av- wildly average and being maybe above average in some instances. Ooh. Well, here is an instance where we are above average at the back pocket. Absolutely, uh, we are above average when it comes to forms of public transportation. Mm. Uh, personally, I feel like I am above average at the airport. Airport Andrew, I'm extremely efficient. I know exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And uh, I can rally the troops, and I can also help others around me become more efficient. Yep, and that was a big theme on our Aruba trip. So coming from myself, who is not very attentive to detail and kind of goes with the flow more than Airport Andrew, um, I was the white to Andrew's black, the jelly to Andrew's peanut butter. No, no. I was I was just very opposite. We were a couple of co-hosts uh, attacking <laughs> attacking the airport. The airport, so, and you know it starts from your outfit right away. You got to wear quarters that with jeans. Mm-hmm. Do not let your knees touch Skymall Magazine. Yeah. We already talked about this, We've but you don't want Skymall Magazine virus. No way. I'm just gonna inter- intercede here and, and disagree with their statement. Because okay. Well, that's that's okay, Steve. Because on their trip, I wore shorts both both trips on the plane, and uh, Andrew and Declan actually got some rashes. Actually, it was me and Doomer, but that was from the spiders from our hotel room. So Andrew actually got uh, rashes from the uh, hotel, because what I what I told them about getting the, the sky malls were kind of like a vaccine. Oh my! You were you were expo- you were exposing your body to some harmful bacteria only to build it up for when you're going to be in a hotel. So, I agree. You can that that may work, but I'm also loving when you go on an airport and you look uh, professional and ready. Like when they see you at the air, on the airport or on the airplane, and they're like, "Damn, this guy gets it." And you're wearing jeans, quarter zip. You're wearing shoes without laces or shoes that you don't need to tie. Um, what else, Deck? Was that about it? Uh, you basically oh. hit all your bases except you need. You said the quarter zip already, right? Yes. Uh, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say you gotta make sure you bring your ba- you make sure your bag is borderline check or not check. Ooh! And you bring it to the gate, and ten minutes before they board, they're gonna they're gonna go on the intercom and be like, "Free baggage checks." That's an American though. So what what you always got to do though is you bring up a good point is you always got to play the game. Mm-hmm. You never. Unless you're flying Southwest, you check your bag, you call it a day, you you ad- admit defeat. But hell, if you're uh, American or Delta or one of, or United, one of the more premier airlines, you absolutely play the game and you know always risk it to see if you can get your bag checked at the gate. And you know what? If you don't, then you kind of have to soak it and you, hopefully you shove you, it you down you that shove, little you, thing. Oh, you freaking it, shove the hell out of that yeah. thing and make your thirty inch or your four foot bag into a two foot bag. And make it work. You make it work. That's the only way. Yep. Um, another thing, so, like, I, I suck at that, but Andrew really showed me the way, and, you know, I'm a lot better now. And then I, this, I, goes I both, this goes both ways. So you took that from the airport, and where did you take it? So I took it right to the bus stop. Mm-hmm. And I alluded to this, at, and in decals, curbside stories, I've been taking the bus every morning to work. Uh, the 21 uh, bus, it's electric bus. Not actually electric, just really 
cool, and there's just a lot of interesting people. Yeah. So you got to be re- locked and loaded because buses uh, do not wait for people who are not punctual. So I have to get there at the exact same time every single day and get picked up and everything. So Is that's, the bus on time? Buses uh, usually not on time. Okay. So late, early. Uh, it's either on time or it's like two minutes late. But if you're not there at that time, you're screwed. He's just gonna drive away. Do you have any regulars that you see on the bus? Um, not necessarily. But uh, that's really not a part of it. Uh, that's more a part of just like you're in a bus with a bunch of crazy people, and to defend them off, it, you have to always wear sunglasses that are polarized, and you always have to have your headphones in. It almost always helps, too, if you're talking to someone. That way, no one's going to talk to you. Because the last thing you want is, like I had alluded to before, someone selling you binoculars or something like that. At 5.30 in the morning. At 5.30 in the morning. Or, you know, I had another guy the other day ask me uh, when the liquor store opened up and if I had any booze on me at 5.50 in the morning. So those are various issues. Um, You don't? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, that I mean that that's basically what it is. Where I I actually do appreciate the public transportation though, and I think uh, as a podcast, as the guys from the back pocket, we're very savvy public transportation guys. Absolutely, and that's how we're above average. And then what brings us back immediately to being below average is what would probably be how we delivered that whole segment. I mean, it could have been it could be hit or miss. We don't know. We'll see. Uh, it might have been below average, and there you go. We're back to even keel. <laughs> and here we are. We. Uh, we combo to plus with minus. Bingo. There you go. So that's trapping the puck and transitioning to our guest. We got Dane on as our first reoccurring full interview guest. I'm also, excited to have Also him. another tight end. Dane's a tight end. Never forget that. Never forget. So Dane, we have titled him the NBA Outsider. Outsider. Uh, and let's kick it over to the interview. Oh, Hey, Dane, it's the guys from the back pocket. How you doing? Good, how are you doing? Absolutely, we're just getting ready in, in this uh, early morning, uh, and we just wanted to welcome on uh, Dane Mosier, the NBA outsider, is what we're going to start calling you. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you're our first uh, two-time appearing guest, so yeah, we're excited we're to have you. Guest. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, Ex- electric stuff. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in, and we're having you on this week, of course, because the NBA draft just happened. Um, right away, quick question, what are your overall thoughts on the NBA draft this year? Well, I loved it. Like, there was a lot of drama. It was also the best draft class in probably the last 10 years. So it was, like, worth paying attention to, like, all the way throughout the first round second round because uh, last year's draft is just so weak and <clears throat> there's also like so many like rumors like going around last year's draft that like never happened so for this one when I saw that Jimmy Butler was traded I like didn't believe it because I've seen those rumors for about a year now like all the time so that was really cool um, just like the top 10 in this draft like all those players will probably end up panning out um and there's like a lot of star power so i really liked it um looks like philadelphia got their guy lakers um obviously i'm very happy about the jimmy butler trade but there's like a lot of nice trades like utah yeah utah i liked what they did yeah utah and denver i like that yeah 
That was a good trade. I also thought uh, what was shocking to me was how, I mean, there's really no parity when it comes to the draft. So, like, by the time each team is on the clock, it was just like, oh, yeah, the Lakers are going to draft Lonzo Ball. And then, you know, they kind it just kind of went down the hit list of, like, who is going to draft who. But uh, I think I think one player that actually was undervalued and is just going to absolutely destroy this year is Malik Monk. I can't believe the Knicks passed on him. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I don't know, Phil Jackson just swinging for the fences at this point, really. <laughs> Dude, what's up with that? I yeah. don't, I have no idea what he's, like, trying to do there. Well, where was he going to ship Porzingis, and was he just trying to get some, like, superstar from him, for him, or what? Um, well, like, everything that he was saying, they were looking for, like, a like a top three pick and then like another young player <clears throat> with potential, but I don't, that doesn't make any sense because Przingis is like 22. Like he's already like a sure thing. And like everybody in the draft, like you don't know if they're going to be a sure thing or not. Like, yeah. Why? Jalil Okafor at one point seemed like he was re- like really valuable and now he can't even get off the bench. Yeah. So, that's so true. Like you just don't trade Przingis. <laughs> Yeah, that just it seems just so crazy to me. Yeah, I also had a theory. Um, I saw like this was one of the first years where the Spurs are trying to get involved in the in the lottery picks in the draft, yeah. um, and the fact that they didn't was, I think, pretty detrimental to where they're at now. And the fact that they're trying to trade Aldridge, and you know, I don't even know if they're going for Chris Paul or not. You could probably tell us, but um, it just seems like. It seems like uh, going forward, I think the Spurs are kind of in a steady decline now. And there's going to be a lot of these younger teams that are going to start to take over, like the T-Wolves. And, you know, even like a team like the Kings, who just got freaking Justin Jackson and De'Aaron Fox on their team. Like, that's going to be yeah. insane. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, well, I don't know. You just never really count out the Spurs because I think they have made the playoffs like 20 straight years or something like that so that's true like they're like I don't think they're I think their championship window is closed for the time being but I don't see them missing the playoffs for a long time and well I guess as long as Pop's there what's that I said as long as Pop's there makes sense yeah probably another couple years but uh, yeah they're going to be big players in free agency, um, I think for Kyle Lowry, I think that that uh, makes sense for both of them. Absolutely. I don't think Chris Paul necessarily is going to end up there because I think Chris Paul wants to get paid. That's um, true. So he, so Chris Paul opted out with his contract of LA, but he can still make like fifty million dollars more re-signing with them. Oh, really? So you, th- what do you, uh, yeah, what do you think Chris Paul's uh, going to be doing? I think he's going to come back to the Clippers. Oh, you do? Do you think the Clippers will get anyone to help him, or is it going to be the same old Clippers? I think the same old Clippers. I don't really see them changing at all. Yeah, I don't either. So you think at this point, Chris Paul's kind of just in for the money? You don't think he's going to try and title chase or try and make a team better? He's just going to stick with the Clippers? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I think that he's just going to kind of profit the extra $50 million because... The Warriors aren't losing to anyone anytime soon, so like, I don't. I just I think Chris Paul just wants to get paid at this point. Yeah, that's fair. 
So let's kind of get into the biggest discussion of the NBA draft was uh, your Timberwolves making a trade, making them like a legitimate team now, adding Jimmy Butler, getting rid of uh, Chris Dunn and Levine and their pick. Uh, First of all, congratulations. That's unbelievable. But I'm also going to be kind of sick of T-Wolves fans by October, by the time the season starts. Um, I personally, I think uh, I think the Timberwolves will probably get a. Uh, they'll probably be a, a six or a seven seed this year, just because they got all learn how to play together, and I think that'll hurt them at the beginning of the season. Nonetheless, you I don't guys think like, that's going to hurt them at all. They got Thibs. Jimmy knows what Thibs is up to. They got Cat. The big dude. They the, never the, play together. I don't care. The T pups are going to be so solid. What's your thoughts, man? Just let let me hear your Let's, thoughts. Let's uh, take us through your experience of the trade so far and your thoughts on it. Uh, so that was the first trade that Tibbs has made as a as basically the GM of the team. It's like his first trade. So I I think he just fleeced the Bulls with this and. It has nothing to do with with my personal feelings about the Bulls or anything like that. I just I don't think the Bulls got fair value whatsoever. Oh, we got um, killed. Yeah, I I thought that the trade would start and end with having Andrew Wiggins as the top part of that deal because Levine. I like I love Levine, but <clears throat> you also like the Bulls won't get a full season of Levine this year. That's because true. he's still he's going to be recovering off an ACL, and I don't think it's going to affect him at all. I think Levine is on a fast track to being like a a fringe all star all star player. But really, like when you're trading Jimmy Butler, he's probably a top fifteen player, top ten arguably. Like you have to get a lot of value back. Like I remember when the Nuggets unloaded Carmelo, I felt like the Nuggets actually won that deal. You think so? so many, there are so many future picks. There is Gallinari, a solid player. Yeah, like they the even Bulls got e- they got picks. like Iguodala and like a ton of assets that George Carl was able to work with. And they were yeah. they were a top three team in in the Western Conference that that year at the top of their uh, at the yeah. top of their play basically. And then the that was really the Warriors coming on party was when the Nuggets were the three seed and they had to play. Yeah. They played like the six or the seven seed Warriors. And the Warriors beat them four one, and then they beat, and then they I think they barely lost to the Spurs. But either way, I, it was crazy just to see that whole thing unfold, and and then, you know, I I think yeah, the I, Gar Packs they need to go, they they <laughs> yeah. need to go. Yeah, they're incompetent. Like I don't know, and now they have Dwayne Wade, who's gonna make like twenty four million dollars, and now they don't need him anymore because they're trying to tank. So. They might try to buy him out. It's just a really awkward spot. And I would know all about how rebuilding works. <laughs> Being a Timberwolves fan, they've been doing it unintentionally for 13 years. And if you don't have a star player, you're not going anywhere in the NBA. So the Bulls had a star player, and they traded they never out. put pieces around him. And they fired the only coach that got anything out of him was Tibbs. And... I don't know. In a it's a disaster. Like that, the Bulls yeah, are an absolute Chicago. disaster. Those GMs got to yeah. go right now. I'm just happy that they're finally committed to rebuilding because yeah. the last season was a joke. That was just ridiculous. Trying to bring in yeah. Wade and Rondo, it was just putting uh, tickets in the seat, filling the uh, stadium up 
whatever. Yeah. It's done. They're rebuilding. Um, T, go back to the T-Pops. Where do you think they're going to end up in the West now? What's their, what's their competition looking like? Well, the West is still the far superior conference, but the NBA, like, overall is pretty watered down, I think. Like, there's a lot of mediocre to bad teams still. <clears throat> so I think the Wolves will probably get a 6 or 7 seed. And I'd be happy with it because, like, the first year of basically having, like, a new roster like that and a new coach, like, I think it'll take them a little bit of time. <clears throat> Last year they struggled a lot with Tibbs. Um, just trying to get in the right spots, like, defensively. Offensively, the Wolves are a top-10 team. That was not an issue for them, but defensively, they, they were awful. So, uh, Jimmy Butler is, like, he's, like, exactly, like, what they were looking for because... Andrew Wiggins is a two-guard. He's not a three. He can't guard threes. He's not strong enough. And Jimmy Butler can guard four positions. He can pass. He can rebound. Everything. Wiggins is like an unstoppable scorer. And so that's true. about it. So he, Wiggins doesn't have anything You else think Wiggins can score at will? Really? Yeah. In two games, two games that Wiggins started at the two-guard, he averaged 44 points a game. The reason why he's unstoppable at the two guards is because he's 6'8", has a 45-inch vertical, and try putting, like, Courtney Lee or whatever whatever two guard, any two guard in the league. I don't think they can guard So him. is Rubio going to be playing point, and how? What's up with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not really a biggest Rubio fan, but since Rubio's best quality is passing, like, he's going to have guys all over the floor. The only issue I see is that Jimmy Butler kind of was a de facto point guard for the Bulls, and he can create offense. So, like, there's a lot of guys that need the ball in their hands. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they limited Jimmy – or not Jimmy's. Uh, they limited uh, um, Ricky Rubio's minutes. I mean, just from yeah. a perspective of having Rubio out there, like you're, like last year they almost relied on him as a scorer too. Like, there were times where Ricky Rubio would put up 30 points, and it was kind of absurd. But yeah. I think I think he is a player that actually makes players around him better. He plays in a – he's kind of like a Mario Chalmers, where when he was playing with LeBron, Wade, and all those guys, like, he actually thrived. But then the second you put him on his own, he's just not effective. Now that yep. Rubio's got pieces around him and he's been around there for so long – like, he's been in with the Timberwolves his whole career – like, now he's finally hitting to the point where he's like, all right, this is kind of my last two raw type thing. This is the best that it's going to get for Ricky. So I think, actually, they're going to do a great job yeah. with Ricky. I think I think yeah. Ricky's going to help out a ton. He's going to make him a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of being, like, a true point guard, yeah. Uh, the only thing about, like, with Tibbs is that, like, his, like, ideal point guard is, like, somebody that can break you down on the dribble and hit jump shots. And Rubio can't necessarily do either of those, but like that kind of—that's why why they picked Chris Dunn in the first place because Chris Dunn was just like a a freak athlete who could break people down, but he couldn't. He also couldn't shoot, and he was—I don't know—he it was just a tough transition for him last year. But with Rubio, like I think it'll be a fun year for him, assist-wise. Like he's going to average double-digit assists. And, like, the beginning of his career, he had Kevin Love, who was good, but nobody else. And then last year, he had Towns, who was good, and then Wiggins and Levine, who were both, could barely drink. So, like, 
he's <laughs> he can barely drink. <laughs> yeah. So this year, when Andrew Wiggins is your third best player on your team, I think that Rubio is going to have a fun time. Absolutely. Finding these guys, it's going to be an athletic team. Absolutely. Well, that's good stuff. I mean, well, here now I have a few questions for you, Dane, regarding uh, my Nuggets. I think uh, one thing that I'm uh, mostly concerned about is the T-Wolves because the T-Wolves and the Nuggets were kind of in the battle for the 9 and the 10 seed in the West Western Conference, sometimes even the 8 with the Trailblazers. But uh, what what are the Nuggets exactly trying to do with kind of what their roster set is right now and what their draft picks were? I think the Nuggets are committed to – building around Jokic, like you said. Um, Jokic is basically their point guard, I feel like. like the, Whenever I saw the Nuggets play, like they would just give it to him at the high post, and he wouldn't even have to be facing the hoop, and he would just throw a no-looker to like a cutting like Gary Harris or Jamal Murray or someone like that, and like it was pretty sick. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I know that stuff is hard to stop. So I think that Jokic is... He's, they're going to run their stuff through Jokic. So they, I think the Nuggets have to find a way to move Moutier or just completely move on from him. I, agree. I don't think he fits at all with that. But Jamal Murray like fits, like Gary Harris. Like they just like the Nuggets are basically, I think they're going to be like the Rocket. Yeah, the Rockets in my opinion. Like they're just going to try to outscore you. Yeah, um, that's Defensively, true. I don't really know like what's going to happen with them, but they're going to put up like 100 15 points a game and in a playoff series like sometimes that can be dangerous like they can knock out they could knock out a team that's a little bit slower paced like the Jazz or like maybe even the Timberwolves I'm not sure if they're going to be like that up and down team that they were with Levine with Butler a little bit slower paced and tough you know yeah and I think what the Nuggets, like, what are your thoughts on Chris Paul possibly coming to the Nuggets? Do you think that's a realistic thing? Because I know it's been talked about. And, you know, as an NBA outsider, we'd love to hear your opinion and what you're, what, what you've been hearing. Well, if he, I would be surprised first off, but if he chose the Nuggets, like, I think he'd fit in great because he can shoot the outside shot. Like, you know, he's a, a really, really smart point guard. Um, and the Nuggets have, like, ever since Melo left, like, they've been, like, they've always had, like, solid role players, but, like, no superstar. Exactly. So they might have that in Jokic, and if they have that in Chris Paul, it's a legit team. Yeah. So the only, <clears throat> I, the only two concerns with Chris Paul is just, I think that he's more focused on making money right now, staying at the Clippers, like, under, under the new cap, you can get paid a lot more with the team that you're on. And then the other thing is that Paul or Chris Paul is so like ball dominant. Like he dribbles way too much. And like the ball's like always in his hands. So when you have like Jokic, who is basically like a point forward and Chris Paul, like you'd, they would have to somehow like figure that out and split out those touches. Yeah. And share that time. That makes sense. I can understand. Yeah. All right, I, I feel like it, it's not going to happen, but it's always good to put things into perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last thing before I have, I have another big question, but what, what's your thoughts on this uh, Lonzo Ball character? We talked about him when you were on earlier, the Lonzo Ball, LeVar Ball situation. <laughs> Magic inducted him in today, calling him the face of the Lakers. 
and he has the caliber to be one of the greatest. Um, what's your thoughts on that? I just need to hear it. Well, I th- the pick itself was a good pick. I think like the Lakers, especially after trading D'Angelo Russell, it was pretty clear what they were going to do. Like They were going to pick a point guard, Lonzo Ball. Um, like, I don't know. Like, just because Magic was like a great player, I don't know if he's going to be a great executive. And like having the two, like Markel Fultz is like the the consensus number one guy. So like Lonzo Ball fell into their lap. So I'm not really sure if Magic knows what he's doing yet because like I don't. I think most people would have made that pick as it is. Yeah, it was so premeditated. Um, yeah, like the thing with Lonzo Ball is uh, one of my buddies is actually a manager for UCLA's basketball team. He knows Lonzo pretty well, and like he said that like Lonzo is like the modern point guard. Really, like he can, like he really like does make people around him better. Which is also like why I thought getting rid of D'Angelo Russell was just stupid because D'Angelo Russell is not a point guard. Like I thought that. I thought that he was a natural two guard, so you put him next to Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo would make him automatically better than he is. Like, because in college, I don't know if you guys know what Bryce Alford is, but he was the he was UCLA's point guard right. for three years. Yeah, Steve Alford's kid that shot yeah. the ball too much. Yeah, he, so, yeah. So he shot the ball too much as a point guard, but then Lonzo came in, and then he became just a dead eye efficient shooter from the two. And that's not because Bryce Alford's that good. It's because Lonzo made him like that. So, so the Lakers, I, th- I really thought they should have kept D'Angelo Russell to start with. And, like, he's an inefficient player. That's who he is. But, like, Lonzo, like, will make people efficient around him. Like, he'll find, like, oh, he'll get the open guy. Like, he's athletic enough to, like, move, to move past defenders, like, hit slashers. Like, he's got really good vision. So I just I would have rather have seen the Lakers keep all, like that backcourt would have been a lot more exciting than whoever they're gonna have at the two now like if Jordan Clarkson like or whoever they sign for agency like I just don't like that as much because Lonzo I think Lonzo is gonna be successful there like they're handing the keys to him before he ever plays a game so like yeah. he's gonna have, he's gonna have every opportunity to play. I think yeah, first so, first of uh, all, I think that was our first ever conversation without mentioning or talking about Lonzo without mentioning his dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so and, and that's kind of how yeah. people have to evaluate Lonzo. I feel like to yeah. a point. I mean, his dad's there, and he's just a nutcase. But how much does that actually have to do with how good Lonzo is and you know his intangibles and how he has played in the uh, in the, in college thus far? But. Um, yeah, they are, like you mentioned, they already are handing him the keys and everything. How much do you think that has to do with his dad? And how much of an influence does LeVar have on, on the Lakers and everything? Does that have any implications? Or, I mean, is he just nothing but a distraction? Uh, I think in college he played, like, a lot more important role because uh, because Lonzo said, like, himself in an interview that LeVar told him where he was going to play college basketball uh, before he even had a choice. And also, like, in college, like, you can take your son out. You can transfer him. Um, like, the dad has a lot more power. But, like, once you go to the NBA, I don't think that LeVar is going to be a distraction. Or even if he's trying to be, I don't think that he'll 
be like as a uh, popular of a figure because like once you're in the NBA, like it's like Lonzo Ball like is on the Lakers and like with his dad likes it or not. If Lonzo leaves the Lakers, it's because the GM moves him, not because his dad what Lavar thinks. Yeah. And I don't know. Obviously, like LA being like a huge media market, they'll eat they'll eat it up whatever he says, but. Um, it's just nothing. I just, I just think it won't be an issue. Yeah, and I don't think it will be either. I hope the Lakers uh, get a couple free agents next season and become competitive. I just like when the yeah. Lakers are good. Uh, I can Paul George is probably he's like ninety percent sure going to go there. It'd be kind of yeah. cool to see LeBron go there too. I'd be interested to see how that works, but you never know. Um, one another question. My biggest question of the night. All of this talk doesn't really mean anything. Is it just going to be Warriors Cavs again? Do we just need to wait till end of uh, May, beginning of June, to watch the NBA? Yeah, like there, there's a lot of drama in Cleveland again, um, but I don't really see them. I don't see that roster being much different, and obviously the Warriors are not going to change. Um, the only move that they made so far was buying. Uh, buying a second round pick and getting Jordan Bell, which I thought was really a good move. Jordan Bell played at Oregon. Um, he's he's like a Kenneth Fareed who can defend. Like he's yeah, the Bulls like traded he's him away. A, he's an, yeah, yeah. The, another another move that the Bulls just I don't understand at all. It's disrespectful. Like what's, yeah, what's three and a half million dollars to a team that is going to buy out Dwayne Wade's contract? And can eat money because they're not paying anyone anymore. But anyways, it's yeah. The Warriors are uh, shooting for the finals. That's and ridiculous. In the East, the Cleveland uh, is still the top team in the East, and it's not even close because Boston had an opportunity to get Jimmy Butler. They had an opportunity to get Paul George. Yep. Um, and they didn't. Like they're just they're hoarding draft picks. And I, I get it that they're waiting for LeBron to decline, and then they'll be the top dog in the East with all these picks and young players. But Yeah, I think they're just like being the, patient, honestly. Yeah. They're just they, they're saying there's no reason to try and get better yeah. than the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. That's a good point. So yeah, and Boston's the biggest threat. I think Milwaukee oh, will okay. be the second biggest threat and Milwaukee is still not close to yeah. being a top team in the East and Milwaukee I think will be the third best team in the East. So yeah. the, East is in, the East is in some trouble. But, <laughs> Always have been. Uh, yeah, the NBA, like, the NBA needs the young teams, like, to get good. Like, they need teams like Milwaukee, like the Lakers, Timberwolves, um, Sixers. They need those teams to Step be competitive up. and be, like, they need storylines. And yeah. just, they need new stars in the league. So, I think, yeah, I can almost guarantee it'll be Warriors and Cavs again. But uh, this, I think this season will be a lot more entertaining. The Sixers are not going to be tanking anymore, which is good. They have all their pieces. Like The Timberwolves aren't going to be tanking anymore. The Nuggets aren't going to be tanking anymore. The Lakers won't be. The Suns won't be. It'll be uh, nice to see them see what they have finally. Yeah, yeah. so there's going to be a lot of teams that won't be tanking anymore, which will help the league. And it'll help... Well, the interest in the league, I think, and uh, but yeah, I think we already know what's going to happen eventually. But it's worth paying attention to, especially if you're a fan of one of those teams. For me, the Timberwolves will be fun following, kind of the progress that they can make. 
Yeah, just going from a team that really that had a direction, but you couldn't really see it for the next three or four years, but now it's there. Absolutely. So it's it's playoffs or bust for them. Okay. Last segment for you. Um, you had this. We had this on last time you were here. A uh, little segment venting by Dane, and yeah. uh, just curious if you got anything uh, you want to vent about, whether it be basketball related or not. Uh, you can just express your thoughts. I just want to know if you got anything you need to get off your chest. Absolutely. Um. Well, I don't. Know. I think it's. I think it's still the Bulls, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm starting to rub it, and I just I don't understand what the Bulls are doing. Um, but NBA is better. The NBA is better off with the major markets being good, like Boston. Chicago, Los Angeles, Miami, Brooklyn, like all those markets. The NBA is better off when those teams are good. So just, and also going to school with a bunch of people from Chicago arguing about it and knowing that Chicago is better at, at everything in every sport, but not anymore. Like, like the, it's, I don't know. It's just, I kind of feel bad for like what's going on there because. Yeah, that's so true. Like they, because the NBA, you need, you need stars to win. Like, there's not a there's not a team in the finals that doesn't have a superstar. So Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, is that, and they didn't build around him. They didn't. They weren't active in free agency, getting like young players to go there. LeBron James, like six years ago, was the last time that they really pursued anybody like that. Absolutely. And they were close. If LeBron James is in in uh, Chicago, that'd be a, a huge storyline. Absolutely. You have no problem getting players there. So, well, yeah, speaking just, of uh, speaking yeah. of LeBron, do you think LeBron's gonna be going to uh, T Wolves? I know you were trying to break that the other day. <laughs> yeah, well, I did tweet at LeBron because it was uh, it's pretty well known that LeBron uh, tried to trade for Jimmy Butler, and I don't think Chicago is interested in taking on Kevin Love's contract, and I just. He's not very valuable, but anyways, like they wanted Jimmy Butler in Cleveland. So I tweeted at LeBron and said, like, if you still want Jimmy Butler, you don't have to trade for him anymore. All you have to do is just sign with the Timberwolves, just sign your name. It's that easy. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm in the belief that any team that LeBron signs, even if it's, even if it's the Brooklyn Nets, that team is probably going to go to the finals. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just the impact yeah. he has. Le- yeah, LeBron is that good. So any team that he chooses to go to, I yeah. mean, it, Immediately it won't be the, the West, <laughs> but because of the Warriors. But, yeah, I will start that rumor that that LeBron James will be the number one free agent priority, whether it happens or not. Absolutely. Well, hey, Dane, we appreciate you coming on. We love having uh, your your thoughts and your hot takes on the back pocket, as always. Um, yep. You know, we'll see where all these things go, and uh, if your expertise as an NBA outsider um, comes to fruition. So, thank you, Dan. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Dan. Have a good one. Take care. You too, guys. And that was our fire interview with Dane, NBA outsider. Absolutely. What a great guy. Um, we're always going to be having him on anytime NBA is hitting the scene uh, because, as you guys all know, Andrew and I are not the NBA experts by any means. However, 
Gator is, and we absolutely have to let that know, let that be known. We absolutely. love having him on. And so now we're going to transition to the back end. And as podcasters, you know we have a duty to talk about uh, current events. So our fiduciary duty this week is the Snapchat update. Uh, for those of you who haven't snap haven't gotten that update, or for, and for those of you who have, it is a Snapchat map where it's similar to Find Your Friends, but it's way cooler. Oh my god, I think it's so cool because it even so first of all it has the bitmojis, which is an entire different conversation. It's one of those things when you like whoever invented the bitmoji needs to come forward and say like I thought this was the stupidest idea ever and I don't think this was like I did not think this was going to be a good a good idea. It's basically like a fake avatar. Mm-hmm. But then it Snapchat honestly makes it cool. Because you can, it's interactive, and then they got all like the the current gifts of like a weird expression. They do a really good job of keeping up to date with all that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Snapchat's kind of leading in leading in uh, cool ideas. I think. Yeah. I think this new map thing is really cool. However, people, uh, it's kind of been a controversial thing. So people either loved or like don't either don't care that they have their people know where they are at. They. Love that people know where they are at because they're full of themselves, most mm-hmm. likely, or famous, one of the two. Or, the third option here, they hate it. They're frightened. They're frightened. There you go. And I guess it's up for debate. Where where do we all stand on it? So, personally, uh, the fact that I have a Bitmoji just reminds me of childhood when I had Xbox. Your and avatar. Your little avatar on Xbox. Perfect. That That was amazing. I loved creating that dude. You look like a little goofball. Um as like a seven-year-old and you got your avatar that looks like a 40-year-old. So many you looked up to. Yeah, so many you looked up to, exactly. Who I was striving to become. You should actually probably put your avatar or your Bitmoji now kind of next to your name on your resume so people have a good idea yeah. who you are. Uh, personally, I have a, um, a Bitmoji who's a little chunkier because I'm dreaming of the day till I got that little that little chunky pouch where I can just place the a beer on. A little fupa. <laughs> uh, Father Fupa. But with that being said, I am an absolute fan of the Snapchat update. I love being able to zoom out and seeing where all the boys are at and be like, yo, I see you're close by. Let's uh, let's go chill somewhere. Yeah. Let's go grab a beer. Or or if you're asking, like, uh, for example, Joe Young, if you want to hang out with, like, one of your friends and you're like, oh, yeah, let's go hang out with him. And before you text him, you zoom out and you see he's in, in the middle of a lake in Wisconsin you either assume he's dead or he's on a boat, mm. and he's not going to hang out with you. Exactly. So exactly. That's yeah. that's one thing uh, that's kind of cool. It saves a text message in, like, that wasted like, five minutes of coordination. Exactly. And then with Mark, too. He So Mark's in town for a wedding, and we're like, oh, he's in Minneapolis. We'll meet up with him downtown Minneapolis when he's done. Well, he's northeast of here, like, 45 miles, and we just checked on Snapchat. So we saved, again, another text. Real yeah. simple. Absolutely. Very convenient. And you can kind of do your own assumptions and coordination of how everything's going to work out. It gives you kind of a better idea of how the rest of your night's going to go or whatever the situation is. Um, For those of you who that are very prideful about not showing where uh, they are, um, for that I tell you, like, really? What's your secret? Yeah. That's this what is, I want to know. This just isn't for you then. Yeah. yeah well, this isn't for you. and Not everything's about you. Yeah. But also, I feel like they have a secret, and I want to know what their secret is. Is it steroids? Is it something uh, that's going to make them better? Is it? Are they investing in stocks that we don't know about? Uh, you know, private equity. So I could start up company. Startup company. Yeah, the next Bitmoji yeah. company. Like there, there's a lot of things where I can understand where you're like, hey, I don't, I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want people to know where I'm at. They playing Dungeon and Dragons. Dungeon. Oh, they're larping. Larp, larping. Exactly. Larping. Oh gosh. 
But, you know, for me, uh, a man who lives his life quite simply is usually in, like, four different locations in, in, his, in my, you know, average day. Yep. I'm either at my house, at work, at school, working out, and that's about it. Washington or, Capitol doing a pod. Or at the Washington Capitol doing the pod, which is great. I love being here. And personally so, for me, I'm in two locations. Yeah. I'm either here or at school. Yeah. It's not like I... And, like, usually uh, if I'm going somewhere, like I'm going to Colorado uh, after 4th of July... Um, I'm usually going to sna- send a Snapchat out to all my friends and stuff and tell them, hey, I'm in Colorado. Yeah. And, and we'll be able to know because we'll see you at the airport with a little suitcase. Yeah. Saying you're at the airport ready to travel. Uh-huh. Which, which is, is cool. Which, which is, is the other additive for the map that yeah. I really like is when, like, what was it? Steve was listening to music. Yeah, his emoji was jamming to music. Yeah. And yeah, was it? Was he actually dancing? No, he had, like, a dance move, and then there was, like, music symbols, like, okay. going above his head. Okay. I was not actually listening to music. Oh, so. really? Well, I mean, maybe I, was watching, maybe I was watching a YouTube video at that time. Ah, uh, well, you YouTube's on my Google, done. not Snapchat. Yeah, people forget. People but forget. I don't know. But, I mean, I the, think funny, it's, the best thing about it is, like, that's why all these people that, are like, think it's too private and stuff, like, right when he texts you, he's like, hey, man, I see you at your house. And I'm like, really? Like, do you see that I'm in my bed right now? He's like, no. And he's like, okay, like, that's cool. Yeah. Like, so where do, where do we draw the line? There. Uh, at the bed? Uh, exactly. That. Well, where location is specific in, in a house, building, yeah. in a house, something like that. Oh, like, if you can much. show that someone's, like, taking a shower, that's I don't know crazy. how you would do that, but, man, that would be some creepy shit. Yeah. That's true. We'll cut that's that. Creepy. But, um, you know, one thing, too, to all the people who don't like it either, is, um, <clears throat> like us, uh, we already kind of know everyone's tracking our location. Uh, I think if you ask... Uh, Siri, like, is the does the CIA, CIA know of my location? Or, like, if you ask something, like, does the government know where I am at all times? Of course they do, because you have, like, seven or... You have at least an app on your phone or, or something that has your location, and people can track you from that without even asking you. And that's kind of a big dilemma, but, like, that's, the, that's just the truth. So you really don't have to... You really don't have to get all fussed up over Snapchat when your location's been being tracked for quite some time. All in all, just embrace it. I mean, if you're going to be a hater, go ahead and be go ghost mode, but for all of you that want to uh, show their Bitmoji in their location... Yeah, we'd I, absolutely love for you guys to enjoy what we're enjoying. Yes. It, it's, it's great stuff. It's, it's, a, it's really cool. Yeah, we care about that. Mm-hmm. Alright, so oh, trapping the puck... Moving on to this segment where something Ooh, this that, is this is actually like when we say trapping the puck, a lot of people don't know why we say trapping the puck. Yeah. Basically, it refers to a hockey yeah. as a goalie trapping the puck and forcing a faceoff. Well, here we are trapping the puck and talking about hockey. So this is something that absolutely needs to be talked about. Andrew was uh, kind of going on a rant about this earlier. Um, NHL. Just got a new team in Las Vegas. They're the first team to do it, to get a team in Las Vegas, not to brag. Um, the Golden Knights, which are probably going to be a wildly average team, but how do they put their team together, Andrew? Please so tell it's us. a pretty unique process. They're able, they are able to select one player from each team and get them on there. So every team can... <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. You can just go to a team and say, hey, I want that guy, and it's yours. But there are some restrictions. Uh, the franchise, like the Blackhawks can, or any NHL franchise, can restrict about seven dudes. 
And so That's it, seven? Seven to eight. I can't remember specifics, but I know it's like three forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. So something like along those lines. Maybe it's four forwards. Um, okay. But you get like a, a certain restriction amount, forwards, one goalie, and a couple defensemen. Um, and then there are some players that have no trade clauses and stuff like that, so they can't be selected. But after you get through all of that, the Golden Knights are able to select anyone they want. So they can go to the Blackhawk and say, hey, I want Trevor Van Riemsdyk. And he has like a contract for three years, so they grab that contract, and now he's a Golden Knight for three years. Wow. It's just kind of crazy how you can just start a new team and then take someone from everyone else's Yeah, team. I would, if I were the Golden Knights... I would go around and pick the most hockey names I could possibly get. Mm. Trevor Van Reevesdyke was definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, um, I'm trying to remember. There's another guy in the Blackhawks that had a great hockey name. Johnny Oduya. Oduya. There you go. Johnny so you got, Oduya. So you got Johnny Oduya. You'd get uh, Trevor Van Reevesdyke. What about Mark Andre Fleury? You would get uh, Ali Mata. Marco Andre. Oh, you're not going to get him. They got they Mark. Marco Fleury. My, yeah, Marco, Marco Fleury. Fleury uh, you got to go with Yamir Yager because you know he's still in the league. He's like 45, right? Oh, yeah. He, and he's definitely... Pasuk? Paddle, he retired. He's gone. He's in the KHL. Yeah. But the, maybe... But even... Maybe That's just start name. going... Maybe yeah, just start yeah. getting legacy players from teams that are bad, like... Go Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. I want Wayne Gretzky on my team. I want Joe Sackick. I yeah. want... Bobby Hall. Bobby Hall. <laughs> I want all these great players. Mario Lemieux. Yeah, Mario... <laughs> Paul Statsny, like all these... Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh. Oh, we're just naming apps players now. Yeah. We're getting... <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> sure. Sure. But yeah, so it's kind of crazy. I feel like we just needed to talk about it and let everyone know that that happened. That's yeah. a real thing. So, yeah, that's that's awesome. So we trapped the puck from... Hot, from trapping the puck. From moving on. Yep. So we now are going to finish our podcast like we always do. Um... The what did we learn today and a feel good story. We have a great feel good story today, but I can't wait to get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, what did we learn today? Uh, personally, I learned a few things, but I'll talk about one thing in specific. Um, I learned that uh, our marketing interns, you guys are loved. It's just that simple. Uh, we checked on iTunes and we looked at uh, popularity. Like we said, we can't tell how much. Or how often you guys listen, we cannot. We don't know the numbers. We have no stats or anything on listeners. Ignorance is bliss with the guys at the back pocket. Absolutely. The only thing we can really see is you know when we post stuff on social media and they it we we base all of our stuff off likes, views, stuff like that. And then on our website we can look at clicks. But strictly with iTunes, which is where we want you guys to go, subscribe and listen, please. Write us a review. But on that we can only tell like a popularity little bar right. and. Uh, Every single time we post a new podcast, it's the most popular, so yeah, I'm satisfied. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% satisfied. Mm-hmm. That's great stuff. What I learned, um, so this is a little shot out of a can, a little, a little uh, pulled from the sky, not literally, but pulled from the sky. Um, American Bison's genus name is Bison, 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 and I did not say that three times for fun. It is actually Bison three times. It's usually it's something like really crazy yeah but the american like a really bison, uh, like a greek like or specific latin La- yeah latin or greek something but no american bison is just bison 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 not a buffalo not a buffalo please don't get con- that confused steve what'd you learn all right 
Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Moving right along and ending on a positive note because we're positive guys and we want you guys to all leave happier. Uh, a feel-good story. And this is a great story brought to us from our boy from Pueblo. Um, Deck, you want to elaborate? Absolutely. Um, so as probably not a lot of you know, um, Kurt Road, our friend and marketing intern, is <clears throat> from Pueblo, Colorado, which is a smaller city um, just south of Colorado Springs in Colorado. It's like 100,000 people. It's it's pretty small, though. It's it's primary. I mean, how do you even describe Pueblo? It's flat, um, not a lot going on there, uh, pretty dry. How would you rank Pueblo worldwide? Well, thank you for mentioning, because Pueblo is ranked 19th worst place to live in the nation. Oof. And while most people see that as a negative, Kurt Road sees that as a positive. He tweeted out today, um, Steve, if you could find us the tweet while I'm going over this, um, he said something along the lines of... Uh, I still love Pueblo. Well, hold on. He, it's the 19th worst place, but Kurt loves it. Yeah. And he just he takes it advantage of the area. It doesn't take much for Kurt to love something. Right. Kurt's an overall positive and good guy. Optimist. Yeah, and he just he eats up Pueblo. All everything Pueblo has to Green offer, chili. which is not much. He loves all of it, and he tweets about it all, Pueblo all the time, and he gets like millions of well, not millions, but a good shot of a can. Yeah, just a, a ton of ton of favorites. Yeah, correction. I love Pueblo though, honestly, with a little house emoji, <laughs> and that was uh, tagged from the uh, tweet that said Pueblo ranked nineteenth worst place to live in the nation so no matter if you knock down pueblo uh kurt will be happy and jubilant about his hometown uh steve what would you what would you say pueblo is what is uh, pueblo to you i'm gonna re- just kind of rephrase what i said in, in a tweet and i'm gonna say it is the 19th worst in the nation but it is number one in our hearts wow. because okay. it may not be the best place to live but most one of my great friends is from there, so it's dear, near and dear to my heart. And that makes me feel warm and happy. And, and I've I've been there before, and you know I enjoyed it. It's awesome, Steve. And and think, nineteen. How many cities are there in this world? Are this country? There's a lot. Quite. I think it's a little overblown. Like and I, let's I, I not forget. Let's there's not forget. There's eighteen other cities that are worse than blah blah. Yep. There's there's a handful of cities and there's still a handful. And I'm of sure and I'm sure there's a lot of Kurt Roads out there that really think the last eighteen worst cities to live in are very nice also. And with that, that is the end of our podcast. That's a feel good story. And that is our feel good story. Kurt Road loves his city. We love you, marking interns. Dick hair. Dick hair.